Welcome to the Addiction Connection podcast, connecting the hope of the gospel with the heart of addiction. I'm your host, Mark Shaw. Acts chapter 4, just one of our favorite foundational passages for the Addiction Connection. And I was inspired to do this because I was reminded that this is the 10th year anniversary of the Addiction Connection, and we are excited about that. And so I'm going to talk a little bit about the story behind it and some of the future things and, uh, and, and dig into one of the key central teachings of the Addiction Connection. And I, I know some of you are new to the ministry, so you may not know this, but uh, the passage here in Acts chapter 4 is foundational. So let me read Acts chapter 4. Acts 3, there's a lame man who uh, needs people to help him to walk. And so Peter and John, they are blessed by God to see God heal this man through their ministry. And this man can walk and there's no denying it. And so this miracle has now gotten the attention of religious leaders of that day. And so that kind of brings us into chapter 4, where they are really annoyed, it says in verse 2, greatly annoyed because they were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. That's the, the Sadducees. They didn't believe in the resurrection of the dead. So they're really annoyed with what Peter is teaching here. And so the the question comes from this Sanhedrin group, the Caiaphas and John and Alexander. And then in verse 7, they say, by what power, by what name did you do this? And Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers of the people and elders. This is in verse 8 of chapter 4. If we are being examined today concerning a good deed done to a crippled man, by what means this man has been healed, let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man is standing before you well. So we're giving all the credit, all the glory, all the praise to Jesus Christ of Nazareth for this healing of a lame man who can now walk. So then in verse 11, he refers back to Psalm 118.22, and he says, this is G- this, verse 11, this Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders, which has become the cornerstone. And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Now let's jump into addiction for just a second because the key verses are coming up. We're not even there yet. This is all background uh, for this lesson, this podcast, just to kind of teach some of the newer ones to the Addiction Connection, what we're all about, and to remind those who have been with us maybe for 10 years what we're all about. But to jump to addiction, he's saying here, salvation is in no one else. 
There's not any other higher power that will do. There's only Jesus Christ. That's the only one you will find salvation in. A lot of people think, well, you just choose a higher power and, you know, and you'll get sober and it'll be okay. Well, I'm all for sobriety in this life. I I love it. I'm so glad people are sober and living uh, clean lives. But I'm also about one other thing, which is more important. Where are you going to spend the rest of your life? Where are you going to spend eternity? And do you have salvation? Do do you know Jesus Christ intimately? So that's really a an important thing, and that's why we call addiction a sin issue, drunkenness, idolatry, a sin issue of the heart, and something that people need to recognize that uh, Jesus Christ is the only true source of that it, 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 of salvation because he forgives your sins. That's why we're not afraid to call addiction a sin because Jesus is a solution for that. But if we call it a disease, you might arrest the disease in the, in the secular way of thinking. You might be sober for a while, still not going to enjoy the blessing and the intimacy of knowing Jesus Christ, both in this life and in the life to come. So we wanna see people sober, and saved. We want to see people with salvation, with newness of life. So that's verse 12. Can't get enough of that verse. This 13 and 14 are going to help us see truths of why we started this ministry 10 years ago in uh, with our kickoff really in Cleveland, Ohio. Hello, Cleveland. A little joke for some of you out there might get that. All right, verse 13. Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, who is this? These are the religious leaders. These are educated people, at least educated formally. They saw the boldness of Peter and John. That's a tenet, that's a foundational tenet of the addiction connection is boldness. We want to be bold. We don't need to be ashamed, afraid, to talk about the truth that addiction is a sin issue of the heart. I mean, it, it, that's what it is. That's what God called it. That's what we're calling it. And he's a pretty big and mighty, powerful God. He's certainly going to uh, use us for his own glory and I believe protects us and helps us. But if he allows some suffering and some people to take issue with that, then, then so be it. Uh, we trust God. We're we're here to glorify Him, and and you read this this account, this historical account in Acts four, and you see, you know, Peter and 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 John are doing good stuff. They're healing a lame man, and yet because they're doing good work, they're under persecution, and not not by the world, but by the church. I'll tell you personally, and this gets me kind of fired up. You can probably tell. I get more flack and and, um, hate emails from people in the church who believe that it's a disease because they believe the culture first. They don't start with God's word. They don't seek God's word to find out what the issues really are. They just say, oh, okay, the world says it's a disease. I believe it's a disease. It makes sense to me and, and so forth. Well, it's only disease because the medical community and big pharma can make money off of it. I mean, I, I don't know how else to tell you that. That That's why it was adopted. I mean, Bill Wilson and Dr. Bob are the co-founders of AA. They started the disease 
concept and 12 steps and some of that. And then it got popularized and accepted by the American Medical Association, I think in the 1950s, right around there. And, um, and that's because, quite frankly, they can make money off of it. And so now you have treatment and rehabilitation. You have all these medicalized terms for a problem that the Bible says is pretty simple. You desire pleasure, and you desire it so much, you're willing to forsake all other things. And you desire that because you're living as an idolater. So they're bold in verse 13, and the religious leaders see that. And I want people to see our boldness in the addiction connection. We're not backing away from this. And, you know, and, and I, I receive more flack again from church people than I do from the world. That's okay. I have two email boxes, you know, inboxes. I have, I love your book. I hate your book. And, and the emails just go into one of those two, right? Uh, but I don't take it personally either way, really. I've got to be dead to the flattering tongue and I've got to be dead to the flatten that uh, says hard things and, and, and so forth. So we got to be bold. And I appreciate the churches and the counselors and the the people that I know who are bold for Jesus Christ, especially on this issue, because it's it's so overwhelmingly overwhelmingly the other way, and it's not the other way is not ba- based on science or evidence based or fact, although they say those things. It's really based on belief, an idea of what you think is true. All right, verse thirteen. I get fired up now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were. Now, here's two words none of us want to be called, right? I mean, I, I'm, you, none of us like to be called uneducated, <laughs> common, or ordinary men. But that's what the Bible says. These men who were religiously trained, classically trained, classically educated, were viewing Peter and John as two men who were uneducated and common. They're just regular, ordinary guys. And then it says, they were astonished. So they're astonished that these two regular guys who are uneducated have the power, have the boldness, and have the ability to communicate very well what they're doing, what their purpose is, and who they're glorifying. And uh, and, and that's... That's who they were, Peter and John. Well, that's what we want to be at the Addiction Connection. We want to be uneducated common men. Now, am I against education? Of course not. You know, Moses was educated. Uh, Dr. Luke, educated. I mean, there are people in the Bible who are educated that God used, and and we support seminaries. I teach for uh, Central Seminary in, uh, in Michigan, teaching a class in uh, May and June of this year that you could sign up for if you want to, Central Seminary. So we're for education, not against it. But we're also for the uneducated, the ordinary person. We have people in our ministry that are considered to be uneducated, ordinary men. I'm going to talk about one now, and I hope he, he will... Uh, <laughs> he, I know he won't send me a hate email or anything because this brother loves me, but I didn't ask him permission ahead of time. That's probably a mistake, but, um, but I'm confident that he'll allow me. Brother's name is Nick Curcio. And if you know Nicky Curcio, 
Uh, he is a dynamic man of God. He is a faithful, committed man of God. I love him, and he loves me. And he would be perceived as an uneducated, ordinary man, but he is not uneducated, and he is not ordinary by any stretch of the imagination. And people who know him know that to be true. This is a dynamic, brilliant, extraordinary man, and um, but the world might perceive him the other way. And that's okay with him. He's all about Jesus. I, I, I've spent time with him. We've, we've um, spent time at conferences, and um, I've heard his testimony a few times, and I want to hear it a few more times. It's so good. Uh, what this brother has been through and how God radically changed him. You talk about Saul to Paul. That's what my brother Nick Curcio is. He's a Saul to Paul just has an incredible testimony. Uh, and and so he, I remember eating out with him one time. Uh, there was a group of us and we all went out to eat after a conference workshop and we're with Nikki and, and he just starts immediately evangelizing the uh, waitress or waiter. I can't even remember who, who it was, but I remember him immediately evangelizing them and starting to build a relationship. He's so friendly, he's outgoing, and he's uh, outspoken. He's bold. If anybody's bold, it's it's Nick. And he is just talking to this person, winning them over. They immediately like him, but he's not doing it for that. He's wanting to tell them about Jesus, and he, and he does that over dinner. And it's just, it was just, I, I just loved it. I thought, this is a guy I want on my team. This is the kind of guy I want. And so the world might see him like they saw Peter and John, uneducated and common, but he is nothing of the sort. And neither were Peter and John. I mean, yes, in uh, Matthew 4, verse 18, it says, While walking by the Sea of Galilee, Jesus saw two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Immediately followed him. Well, what a powerful reminder of just immediately obeying and following Jesus. But these were two guys that the Bible says were fishermen. So they would not have been accepted into rabbinical school, as they say. They wouldn't have been accepted by a rabbi. So that was the first call, the the first desire of most little boys was to, I want to be a rabbi. I want to, you know, I want to follow the the rabbi, I want to learn his ways. I want to be the rabbi of our village. But in this small village, they were not doing that. So they had obviously been rejected from that or decided that they couldn't do it or whatever it was, but they were doing the family business. They were fishermen. And Jesus sees them and he sees something in them. And he calls them to be part of his ministry. Well, this is all the addiction connection. Everything I'm talking about are the themes of the addiction connection and the importance of what we, why we do what we do. And we want to be a ministry for the uneducated and for the ordinary person. It grieves me when people say, oh, I think your process is too rigorous. I can't do it or I'm not smart enough or whatever. That is, that is furthest from uh, anything we want. We want anyone to join up and, and to be a part of it. Obviously, we want them to be clean and loving Jesus and serving him, uh, but this is not a ministry where we're looking for 
brilliant PhDs. Although we welcome those types of folks, for sure, uh, we, we just want to be open to everyone because we want to be open to who Jesus calls into this ministry. So back to Acts chapter 4. It says, I'm just going to read it again, verse 13. Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated common men, they were astonished and they recognized that they had been with Jesus. Well, you want to talk about somebody who's been with Jesus, it's, it's Nicky Curcio. You want to talk about somebody who's been with Jesus, it's uh, the folks that'll be on future podcasts with me, Jim Quigley, Matt Martin, who's Dr. Matt Martin, he's a PhD and we love him. So we love PhDs. And then Oliver Underwood. They'll be on future podcasts in the next coming weeks with me. You'll get to hear more uh, from them. And uh, I'm excited about those podcasts that'll be out each Monday over the next several weeks. These are guys that have all been with Jesus. And that's what, you know, you, you want to think about. We could do a long, drawn-out podcast on what does it mean to be with Jesus? Well, he was gentle and lowly. He was just. He spoke the truth in love. He was gracious and merciful, compassionate, ordinary in appearance. You know, a lot of times we think about Jesus as a as a bodybuilder, six foot five, you know, uh, built and strong and handsome. And the Bible just says he's kind of an ordinary person. And so I often think about his interactions with people through that lens of he's meeting them and they're just kind of taking him on, unassuming, thinking he's just sort of a regular guy. And and in one sense, he is, but he's also the Messiah, and they're meeting him, and they're blown away with who he is. So they recognize that they'd been with Jesus. I love that. that. That's what we're looking for at the Addiction Connection, someone who's been with Jesus, someone who's spent time with him and walks with him. That's That's the person that we want to see. And then verse 14, but seeing the man who was healed standing beside them, they had nothing to say in opposition. There's the results of what our ministries do in the TAC network. We watch God work in people's lives and bring them from a place of being lame, spiritually speaking, to walking in newness of life, spiritually speaking. And that's what happened here in in the book of Acts, a lame man no hope is restored. And he's restored in such a way he has a testimony. He is undeniably healed. And he's standing there beside them. You can't deny what God's doing. And you can't deny what God's doing in these ministries. I love the ministries that we have in our network. I mean, we have a Redemption House in Minnesota and the Refuge in Iowa and House in in Bothell, Washington, we have uh, Jim Quigley's Freedom Farm Ministries in uh, North Carolina. They have a women's program too, and, and there's just others. I mean, there's no denying that God is at work in these programs, and yet they don't get government funding. They don't get federal funding. They don't receive a lot of that, to my knowledge, and, and uh, they are relying upon God's people so that they can disciple men and women. So 10 years ago, in August of 2012, we had 12 people who met in Cleveland, Ohio, and 
that's really the time we consider the launch of the ministry. We had been talking and planning and prayerfully considering doing an addiction-focused arm of what was used to be called Truth and Love Ministries in Alabama. We changed uh, the focus and made this arm of Truth and Love Ministries the Addiction Connection, and we launched out in Cleveland of 2012 in August. There were 12 of us who met. It was just a glorious time, and so the ministry really started as a national ministry, continues to be a national ministry more than even a local ministry. It's it's distinct in, you know, there are other Christian groups that put a list of programs and places you can go that are that are so-called Christian, and, and maybe they are. I mean, I, I say so-called because I haven't vetted them. I don't know. Um, maybe they are. Maybe they aren't. A lot of places that I've worked or seen that were called Christian are really not very biblical. So they might be Christian, and they might talk about Jesus, which is great, but they're not very biblical they they don't deal with the issue as a heart issue. And so they tend to help people from a behavioral perspective, outwardly helping them to be sober, but not inwardly helping them to know and see Christ. And of course, the Holy Spirit has to give persons new birth. No one can be forced to be a Christian. Well, 10 years ago when we met, we were a national ministry organizing this thing and starting it out. But when we all met, there was just a sweet kindred spirit. And what I was struck by is the mix of some seminary-trained people, but a lot of ordinary men, a lot of ordinary women. We had husbands with wives, uh, which I always love having the, the female voice involved in this ministry. We're not a church. We're a nonprofit ministry, and so we want women to speak into the ministry to help us lead and shepherd and and. Uh, care for the needs of all women and children get forgotten sometimes when it's just a bunch of guys. So um, we wanted to invite those female voices. So we had several wives there. We had Shirley Crowder there. We had Tim Brown there. Uh, they're, you know, they're still serving in the ministry and very active. And we had uh, some other wonderful saints there as well. And so this 10th year anniversary, it's a celebration year. We're celebrating what God's done in in 10 short years and looking forward to the next 10 years. We've got some things uh, that we are planning to do that I can't talk about just yet, Uh, but, uh, but they are exciting to all of us. We're exploring some options and some things about growing the ministry. The IABC National Conference will be in St. Louis, Missouri, July 28th, 29th, and 30th, 2022. And uh, I get to be a keynote speaker there. We're going to have the Addiction Connection table and group there. C.J. McMurray will join me there. He's one of our regional directors. He's a board member. Uh, He's a very gifted guy and great speaker. So he'll be there as well. Bill Hines will be there. He continues to serve on our advisory board. He's been the chairman of the board of directors uh, for a couple of years. And so Bill Hines will be there. He's uh, the VP at IABC, and so we're really excited about this event. Hope you will attend it. Uh, That's a time for us to fellowship, get together, and really dig into God's Word in a deeper and greater way. And then I mentioned the podcast the next few weeks. We'll have Jim Quigley, Oliver Underwood, Dr. Matt Martin, and, uh, and then I kick off a series for a new book, actually. It'll be eight podcasts on uh, a book called Easter, 
meditations for addicts. So the word Easter is first, and it's a a daily devotional that you read, uh, broken up in different ways. I, I really love the structure and format of the book, and we are making final edits as I speak this, hoping to have it ready and available to you very soon uh, on Amazon, and it will be a really great book. I've, I've enjoyed it. My wife's enjoyed editing it, uh, loves it. Shirley wrote and, and designed sort of the structure of it, so uh, I know she loves it, and so we're excited about that. It's a it's in tandem with our Advent Meditations for Addicts, so it's very similar to that book, but this one is Easter, Meditations for Addicts, and you can get it uh, very soon. I'm, I might be rolling out a little early with this podcast, but give it another week or so, and it'll be available, and you'll have it in time to do the prep work. It starts out several weeks before Easter, and that's why we have this series of podcasts that'll be out, eight podcasts on that book, on each chapter of the book, and some biblical truths there as well. Then I'm writing a few booklets that I hope will be out um, sometime this year. Uh, excited about that. Speaking at a conference in Montana in July, Lord willing. And um, and then the fall is busy with ministry stuff. So uh, lots of good stuff going on. And um, just wanted to make sure you guys that are listening were aware of all of this. Now, as we wrap up, going back to Acts chapter 4, verses 12 and 13, the, the point for the addiction connection is this. God uses imperfect people. When you think about Abraham, people would say, well, what was Abraham's problem? Well, he was, he was kind of old, you know? And sometimes our culture does not value the elderly person. And man, what wealth of wisdom many of them have, especially those that are believers they have a lot of information and experience and wisdom to share with us. So we never want to discount that. God certainly didn't with Abraham. Then you had um, Joseph who was mistreated, abused, uh, suffered greatly, and yet God used him in, in mighty ways. Uh, Job lost everything, went bankrupt, right? Moses said that he had speech problems, that he needed Aaron, his brother, to help him. And you, 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 as you think about biblical characters, remember they are sinful, they are flawed, they are people who are imperfect and in need of Jesus Christ. And God was delighted to use them and he's delighted to use you when you serve him and when you live for him and when you love him. Rahab, who is in uh, the genealogy of, of Jesus, was a prostitute. And you have uh, Noah, who got drunk, right? Lot, who got drunk and um, had uh, sex with his daughters. I mean, just just horrible. And yet both of those guys are mentioned in the New Testament in, in Peter, in the epistles Peter wrote, as righteous. These are righteous men. Well, not because of what they did wrong, right? Drunkenness, having sex with your daughter. Those are not righteous things at all. And yet they were counted as righteous because it's the righteousness of Christ that we put on. That's the overarching theme today in this podcast is we want people who are just called and committed and wearing the righteousness of Jesus Christ, uneducated, common, or they can be educated. It's fine. But people who are regular, ordinary, 
and committed saints. And so I'm excited about the future of the Addiction Connection because we have people who are similar to these persons in the Bible who were not perfect and yet God used them anyway. Well, that's what our ministry, our organization is. It's the 10th year anniversary. Help us celebrate that. We have a lot of things planned uh, for this year, a lot of goals and uh, things that we're striving to do to grow and expand the ministry in a way that God would want it to grow and um, just help me to be patient because I got a lot of things I'm trying to push and do and and uh, I have to dial it back sometimes, but the Lord knows all about that. Um, but I'm excited about the voice that God's given us because we really do want to stand in boldness and proclaim that Jesus Christ is the solution. He's the answer to addiction problems. And as the word addiction kind of creeps into a larger construct, you know, concept creep. You know, if you've ever heard of that, I did a podcast on that. You can look it up. But words like addiction, you know, at one point, we're just thinking about drugs and alcohol, and then it expands out to, well, gambling, and now video games, and then, you know, sex, and all the, anything pleasurable. But here's the deal about addiction. It's really just excessive pleasure-seeking, whether you're doing that to run from pain or avoid pain or whatever, but you're still seeking pleasure in an excessive way, so much so that it becomes idolatrous. That's the definition there. And that's what we proclaim boldly because we know Jesus Christ is the solution. He's the Savior and he's the answer for all our sins and what a blessed Savior we have. So I wanna thank you for joining me and ask you to pray for us, pray for this ministry and ask God to do his holy will through us and in us as we proclaim the gospel and as we seek to honor and praise and glorify him. Thanks for being with me. Take care and God bless.